There are good things ahead for the, for the family of God. There are good things for you. There are good things that God has in plan for you. Each and every individual here has, has a, um, I believe, a, a special future, a special future that with, with the Lord forever. If you're visiting with us today, hey, welcome. Thank you so much for uh, uh, coming our way today and hope you enjoy. And just, we're just uh, ordinary folks serving an extraordinary God. And so we, we're, we're just, um, we're in need, we're in need, we're in need of him always. And we want to we be a church, we want to be a body that uh, represents um, our uh, our Savior and our Lord, to present him in the workplace, in the marketplace, to present him in the family and in the home, and, and to take him uh, with us wherever we go. Hey, if you were in town yesterday, it was crazy, right? It was crazier than crazy. So uh, if you got in and found a parking spot, you were going to experience a miracle. <laughs> it was uh, crazy stuff. That that's that's our that's what happens around here around that uh, St. Patrick's Day. But people are hungry to do stuff. People are hungry to you know they're they're looking for what's happening. Where's the where's the where's it happening at? And uh, and we see it across our small towns, America. We see it around our our state. We see it around America. We see there's a there's a need for there's a need for Jesus to be understood who he is. There's a need for Jesus to be demonstrated, lived out, lived out. And when you walk into the marketplaces, you you bring Jesus with you. We've been going through the book of James. I don't know if you've uh, read James lately or uh, read through that little book. It's filled up with a lot of stuff that's packed power powerful little things that uh, help us to live more like what Jesus would have us to live like. And we just so happens we are going to be going into the third chapter today. What just so happens, it, it is the chapter of the tongue. And we're going to talk a little bit about the power of the tongue. It really has a lot of stuff practical. You know, the tongue, is, as Scripture says, is a small member of the body, but it can affect so many things, so many, so many people or so many. And so he gives illustrated previous verses that led up to this chapter had to do with, I will show you my faith by my works. In other words, we are saved by grace, but we're saved because we're saved. He has a work for us to do. He has been uh, calling us to him, changing our, our hearts so that we will want to do something that will affect his kingdom. And some cited guys that are going to Belize, it shows your heart towards what God cares about and, and whatever. I believe the project is going to be helping put together a, a uh, a playground or some sort, and helping children. What a way to touch Jesus. When you touch the kids and you touch, also you touch the family. And so great things, blessings on you guys. And, and but so many needs wherever we look. Isn't it, don't we live in a needy world? And we say, how can, what can we do? What can make a difference? And so we got to those verses. We talked about a little bit about the faith and the things that God uh, you know, really what it comes down to is can people see Jesus 
in you and I. Can people see Jesus by our actions, by our attitude, by our uh, lifestyle, and they can be drawn to Jesus. And we can, with the help of the Lord, be an encouragement to someone else. Not all of us are on the same level as far as this understanding the Bible, as far as understanding, you know, all the depth and all the width and all the breadth. But you know what? We can understand this. Jesus loves me. And I need him because I'm a sinner. The Bible says that all have sinned, fallen short of the glory. I could never be good enough to even be good enough to reach heaven, to get into heaven. Because Jesus came and died on the cross, he makes us more than good enough. And you are precious, valuable. You are God's, it says you're the apple of his eye. We talked about that in Proverbs, the apple of his eye. He actually, in Isaiah says that he writes down your names on his, described your names on his palm. And he knows you, you he knows your name today. What James is talking about to the brothers in verse 1, chapter 3, let not many of you become teachers. And brethren, brethren, be knowing that as much as shall incur a stricter judgment. So let me just kind of talk about that a little bit. I never wanted to be a teacher. Right? I, I, I didn't volunteer, necessarily volunteer for the causes begin to call me at a young age. And I begin to grow and begin to obey and begin to step into it. What is this verse talking about? There is a responsibility that comes for those who are teaching the word of God. That we do not lead people or lead someone in error or discourage someone. So with that, I think that is what this verse is having to say is that we are, in, we are, we are under a stricter a judgment. And I mean, so it's like there's a, there's a there is a responsibility that God is absolutely serious about his word and he wants those who are called to teach and proclaim God's word or explain God's word have a high calling. They should not take it lightly. The Bible says to study to show yourself approved. Paul was talking to Timothy, a, a young pastor starting out. Study to show yourself approved, that you can handle the word of God accurately. And so I don't think that verse was meant to scare off people that would be called into the ministry, but to, to take note, sit up, and so to speak, realize the awesome responsibility at the same time, the privilege, the privilege, the humility, the humble the humbling it is that God would trust. By the way, all of us who know Jesus will teach somehow. In fact, the matter is many people learn most by an example, by a person that's living, a mentor, so to speak, a person that's 
demonstrating it in the daily walk, in the daily talk. And so this, these verses are leading up to the tongue. And so if we would call this message, a if we would give it a message, give the message a title, I would say the power of the tongue. Because the power of the tongue can either make or break someone. We can either bless someone or, or, kill, or destroy them, curse them, so to speak. Let me read the verses. For as we, we all stumble in many ways, and he's talking about the teacher again. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. Now we put the bits into the horse's mouth so that they may obey us and direct their entire body as well. Can I tell you a little story? In my childhood days, back on the farm, you know, we had a, we had a mink ranch, and Dad would, would get horses that were, you know, well, they were getting old and getting crippled, and he would use them for the help supplement his mink feed. Well, once in a while, these horses would stay a little longer than they're supposed to. Some of them downright became our pets. And so we had, at one time, nine horses. I don't remember all their names. We had, we had Sparky. We, we had um, John. We had... Um, Flaxy. Uh, we had Coco. And Coco, if you know what a Shetland pony is, you know, they're kind of a shorter little horse, brown, typically. Run like none other. Trot as hard as you get a side ache. Well, we would ride the thing bareback. Kind of stubborn at first, like hard to get it to go where you wanted it to go. And so you'd go away from the farm, and it kind of like was eh, dragging. Like, come on, get, get going. But the moment you turned around, guess what happened? You've been on a lickety split. It would not obey. It would not. You you, you tried to control and pull the rein, and it would just flank, and it would keep, and you know what was going to happen? He was, this, this horse was going to run under the fence. Because when it got outside the fence, it just would get on, get on, it would duck and go under the fence, the barbed wire fence. So guess what you'd have to do? You had to jump before he got to the fence. How many of you ever rode a Shetland pony? You know what I'm talking about. Crazy things. But most horses that are trained right and have come to become accustomed to the bridle and the bit, it helps them know what's to go, left or right or stop or slow down. And so what... What the writer is saying here, he's giving us an illustration. If we put the bits into the horse's mouth so that they may obey us, we direct their entire body as well. 
He gives another illustration. Behold, the ships, although they are such a great, uh, they are great and are driven by strong winds, there's this little thing back here called the rudder. And guess what? It helps control, navigate. Now he's leading up. He gives us another illustration. So verse 5 says, So also the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it boasts of great things. Behold how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members of that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. Wow, strong, strong language, strong words. Read on. For every species of beasts and birds, of reptiles, creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. But no man can tame the tongue. But no man can tame the tongue. It is restless, evil, and full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the image and the likeness of God. From the, from the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Let's look at that. Let's talk about them. The tongue can, as it says, it, set, it can set a fire. It can start with a small little flame. And all of a sudden, the forest is on fire, and the whole country is burning up. Just think about this. If a rumor was started, a rumor, how damaging, especially when it comes to spiritual leaders. Oh, wow, my, that gets to really be fun. The devil just loves it to stir up rumors and dissension and begin to rock the boat, so to speak. No man can tame the tongue. In other words, I need God. No man can tame the tongue, but God can tame the tongue. And what it comes down to that our tongue is connected it's the part of our body that communicates, but there's something deeper. We have a heart. A heart meaning the heart I'm talking about, the physical heart so much, but the heart that's who we are, the person we are, our heart, our spirit man, so to speak. Wait a minute. If our heart is touched by God, our vocabulary Vocabulary begins to what? Get better. Our attitude begins to change. You see what I'm getting at? Your heart is the core 
It's who you are. Jesus said, from out of the heart, the mouth speaks from out of your heart. And so if there's good stuff in your heart, good things are going to come out. If there's clean, living water through Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, in your heart, there's going to be a river that's flowing out of you that's going to be beautiful and life-giving. You have the potential through Jesus Christ to give life to a person that is on their last, so to speak, discouraged, ready to do it in, ready to do themselves in. You may be the person with the power of the Holy Spirit to speak into their lives the love of God so that they can begin to, you know what, maybe there is hope. And the problem with so many people today, they've lost hope in the world, in anyone. Is there anyone that really understands them or cares about them? And especially if the church turns the back on them, there's just like, wow, there's no place to go. Wow. Oh, God, help us. The psalmist says, set a guard over my mouth. Right? Set a guard over my mouth. James earlier in the book says, be quick to hear. Slow to speak. What does that mean? We listen. We listen person may be hurting and they're trying to somehow, do they, do they feel the trust? Do they feel there's a trust level that they can share their heart? You see, that's what happens. That's what needs to happen in the church body, that there's a trust that we understand. You know what? The, the leader is not perfect. But the difference is that the person that's leading admits their weaknesses and a need that they need to look to God. They are in trouble when they become in such an attitude that I'm the leader, whatever I say goes, da-da-da-da-da-da. I'm in charge. That kind of attitude stinks in the nostrils of God. This is not my church, it's God's church. Guess what? Take the load off. Jesus said, I'll build my church. He entrusts us, he entrusts us with people. He entrusts us with a, with a calling. Let's just be faithful. Let's love on God if we have come to agree, or at least we're envisioning around here our mission statement, love God, love your neighbor, love people, right? And, and love life. Three things. Love God, love people, love your neighbor, yourself, and then love life. Your whole attitude should shift into a, a different attitude than the world. Oh, we get sick and tired. How many you don't understand? You go to the workplace and you hear this word, this word, this word, this word, and all of a sudden you, you're going like, oh, you go to school, you walk the halls of the school, you hear these words, these words, and they're foul. I, we need a cleansing. We need a renewing after the, a, a day at the job or a day at the school. We need to renew our minds. 
lest we start to think those same thoughts or minds. You know what I'm saying? It, it could come from anywhere. It could come from the, the media. It can come through the direction of, uh, you know, of someone who is just you know, making a lot of noise. The tongue becomes unruly, restless. So what God is saying to us, we can have control. Because God is who he said it, I will, I will touch and I will fill you with my living water. So out of your mouth, out of your innermost being. And here I've been reading through my devotion. And I, when I say devotion, I try to read the Bible at least once a year. And, maybe, maybe, and then some because I, I read the old and the new. So, you know, I'm not really... Uh, I, I don't really get into legalism, so to speak. Well, I've got to read this many chapters, but I just read, okay? And try to stay in it, but I'm, I'm plugging along. And now I'm in, uh, you know, I've started over, and uh, I'm in numbers. And, you know, you, I admit it gets a little boring at times. Right? Come on. All you spiritual people, you know, so forth and so forth, all these numbers, and what, what does all this have to do with anything? But God is a God of order. So I, I plow through it. And then I get to some, well, now it's kind of getting more exciting. Uh, where they're murmuring now. They're in numbers, and they're murmuring, right? So um, here's the deal. Moses is tired of it. I mean, by this time, Moses is starting to, oh God, okay, you remember the story when, you know, God is, Getting on Moses almost like, why are these people so obstinate? And then Moses, they're your people. I never volunteered for this job, is what he basically was saying. Okay, so God says, I'm going to deal with it. They want meat? Now give them meat. Well, give them some meat. Right? So the whole place is filled with quail two feet deep. And they're out there just gorging. Right? Some of them got greedy. Why the teeth, they said why the meat was in the, why they were chewing. God sprung out with fire. He dealt with it. And then there's a part about, okay, Moses was overwhelmed. And God says, here, stop doing it all by yourself. Get 70 guys. Right? And put them in charge to help you. And it said, the same spirit that's on you will come on them. And guess what happened? They prophesied. They sp- what does that mean? They spoke with, under God's inspiration. God the Holy Spirit was there, and he was in a, a little bit of a different dimension than in those days. You can have the Holy Spirit more and more as you pray and believe and ask. In those days, the Holy Spirit had to come upon them to equip them, for, and especially prophecy. Now, here's some guys. Moses, Moses! These guys are prophesying. I thought you only 
what did Moses do? This shows his humility. He almost said, well, you just shut up. No, he didn't say that. The Bible doesn't say that. He says, I wish that everyone would prophesy. <laughs> In other words, as a leader, it was not a big deal. It didn't go to his head. Let's just get the job done. Let's just work together. Moses, I wish that everyone would prophesy. I wish that everyone could experience the presence. You see, God said to this, I speak to Moses face to face, mouth to mouth. And he, other times he would say, you speak to other people riddles or dreams. But Moses had a special calling. I guarantee you when you get into his presence, you'll get a hold of your innermost being. And you see, the old man has to be crucified. And I'm, I'm talking about daily when the old man wants to kind of climb back in his seat. Um, well, I could just tell them a thing or two. You know, you know what I mean? You, you, get, you get a little angry. We call it righteous anger sometimes. But sometimes it's just flat out plain old anger. You're, you're basically mad. That is not the sin, but it's what we say or do. And oftentimes, as the scripture says in Ephesians, you know this story, you know this lesson. Don't let your, the sun go down in your anger. He was talking about, you know, relationships, husband and wife especially. Someone said, how do you, how do you, what's your success? So how, do you, how, are you, how can you stay married so long? You know, this, I'm not talking about my wife and I, but we've been married a few years, 30-some years. You learn to, you learn to say things that build up. Sometimes we have to stop ourselves. Wait a minute, that's not going to not gonna get me anywhere. It's not going to get us anywhere. It may feel good for the moment. But I guarantee you, you start feeling bad. And what is all that about? Yeah, that's the Holy Spirit probably saying, you know what? You probably shouldn't have said that. Come on. He, he, he's gentle with you. Why? He knows what it takes to break us, get us back into right, the right attitude. So here's the deal. No man can tame the tongue. Right? But God. But God. And so we offer, isn't it interesting that God chose tongues in the early church as a symbol of the infilling of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that interesting? I find that just, that's not coincidence. I think what he's saying is that God wants to fill us so much that he, <laughs> he wants us to become a blessing 
And we speak mysteries to God. We can pray in a language that goes directly to God. We can encourage or edify the body through the gift of tongues and interpretation. We understand it's, it's more than just this thing we taste food with. It's the whole person. And when we fill up on the Lord, when we fill up, you know, I find myself, if I don't, I don't get myself in, in the right thinking at times. I start seeing the glass half empty. Right? I start seeing that, the, oh, this is food. It's the worst. Right? Now what's going to happen? You start building yourself up for disaster. You already got yourself dug in a hole before you even got to the hole. You've already surmised that it's going to be terrible, that it's never going to ever be right again. It's just shot wait a minute is that the Christian life is that the salt and the light wait a minute oh oh I think we can help this I think we can do something about this you know what I think there's some really good about that person I think you know we're all a piece of work we're all a piece of work with God. God doesn't throw us away. But oh God, here I am. I'm not perfect. Oh Lord knows I'm not perfect. And Paul said, I would rather boast in my weakness. Remember he was talking about all this stuff stresses that he had in his life. I just thought of something. How many times when I hear I, I catch myself saying, I did this, I did that, I did that. Wait a minute. I I could be the problem. The Lord helped him. The Lord gave me the idea. Change it around. The Lord gave you the words to say. The Lord put it in your heart. Have you guys ever been working on a project? I'm, I'm talking about something you're trying to fix or, or improve. And you got an idea in the strangest place, in the strangest time. What's that all about? Have you ever woke up some morning and said, I got it, I, something's hit me. Something's, okay, can I give you a story? Another one? Last week, my Bobcat machine has old tracks wearing out, okay? Works good when they're on. Bare when they roll off. And it rolled off. And I struggled and was it always seems to happen at the end of the day when you want to go home. So I got it and I bled the grease what you gotta do with the brack off the tightness tension. Nothing came out because there was no pressure. 
Well, now I'm thinking, I gotta figure out how am I gonna get the cylinder? So, in the morning it hit me. Bring a, a cummerlong, not a cummerlong, but a ratchet strap. You know, those straps, some big fat ones that tough. And I just commenced to work with that. And it all helped me in the process. And I believe it's God helps us be able to have the wisdom. By the way, that's the next subject in the chapter, the verses, the wisdom. All this ties together. Because in the first part of James, it says, count it all joy when you encounter various trials. Now, the first thing is in your flesh, you just want to rip, right? You just want to, ah, vent. Well, then you start to settle out, settle in, chill out. So young people say, chill out. And don't freak out. Why, why do we freak out? Because fear grips us. We start to think the worst. And I'm just saying, I'm, I'm guilty. Start to think the worst. But God is working. God is not surprised. In fact, God is saying, you know, I wonder when he's going to wake up and call on me. I wonder when he's going to quit fussing. Right? And he's so gracious. Here we come. It's me again, Lord. I got a problem. I can't fix it. It's me again, Lord. I'm coming to you. Lord, will you fix? You can fix anything, but what it really comes down to what is your specialty, Lord, you fix hearts. You fix people that are so broken and so messed up and they're hurting themselves and they're hurting people around them. I know there's time when we got to say there's boundaries we have to establish. Do it because God doesn't want you to go and suffer sometimes and it's something some person needs to wake up. They have to wake up somehow to sometimes like we say we hit the hit bottom to get ourselves to wake up. I had all kinds of other things in my notes. Why my goodness I said. I wrote down problem, big bold, that problem is when leaders present themselves as perfect. That's a problem. There's a problem when the tongue spreads rumors or slander or flatteries to get their way. That's a, that's a wow, flattering tongue. We're not to be given, given by a bribe. It's Proverbs. Read Proverbs because it's just so full of nuggets. Just, I can read it, I can read it, and I still can't remember. It's one of those books where you've got to keep going through it and underline it, mark it. It leads to this. No man can tame the tongue. 
but God and what we need is the fruit of the Holy Spirit which is self-control that's that's in the Bible Galatians chapter 5 Philippians says to think on that which is good our mind is powerful and also when you speak the word of God out loud do this quote it can be all alone okay so nobody thinks you're kind of off than that what speak it over your life speak it over your your family what you're doing is you're you're demonstrating faith you're speaking God spoke the world into existence he spoke and it happened the psalmist said send your word and heal them Send your word and heal them. Or he sent his word and healed them. Which I think is a reference to the Old Testament story where they were being disciplined. And then he healed them. You'll be amazed. I think you'll be amazed how better you will feel. All of a sudden, it's God's problem. It's God's project. You don't have to try to fix someone. You encourage them, you love them, and point them the way. Every one of us has to make a decision. Everyone has to make that decision. So be encouraged. Why don't we offer our, our tongues to the Lord today? Why don't we just say, God, help me to speak only that which is good, edifying. Lord, put a guard over my mouth. Help me to bite my tongue at times. Let's not go that road. Can we pray? Anna's going to come and lead us one more song. Let's pray. Let's begin to pray. And we close our hearts and assure you, Jesus, right now in this moment of silence before you, we, we, we recognize our, our weakness. We recognize our moments where we we. St- and we fail or we, we feel like um, we're just been pushed over the edge. We can't take it anymore sometimes. And that's when we need to understand that you are still there. You are still there. You still love us. You still, you're still working. And you never stop working on us as we surrender to you. The scripture says to work out your salvation, work out it with fear and trembling, which means we are in process. Lord, I pray right now, we surrender our tongues. May our tongues speak of the things of God. May they bring blessing and life, encouragement. May they bring blessing and life to those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>